Hello and welcome to Launch Left, a space for art and activism. So happy to be here with you. I'm Rain Phoenix, and today's very special guest is U.S. Girls. Really looking forward to digging into this conversation. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Welcome to the show, U.S. Girls, a.k.a. Meg. Well, hello, Meg, a.k.a. U.S. Girls, and welcome to Launch Left. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you because, uh, yeah, you slay me because you are so dedicated to just authenticity. We all present something maybe more to the public than we are at home, but I don't know. I don't think so when you're really driven by your core ethical beliefs or your principles. It changes. Well, my husband and I were actually just talking about about this very thing a couple nights ago in bed and he was saying that it's all part of life so even what you present to the public if you have some alter ego or you're maybe protect you're trying to be authentic but protecting yourself a little bit whatever it is it's still you and it's still part of you and part of your life so it's real all everything's real if you're lying it's the truth it's all this happens so much in our life. We're like, okay, good night. And then it's like, wait, did you ever think about this? Or like, I can't, I can't stop thinking about this and then talking and then just getting. So sometimes stimulating conversation like that I find is like, uh, like speed, you know, like it gets me so speedy yep. and then, yeah, no sleep, no sleep. I also find, you know, like when you have those deep talks that you could be exhausted and then yeah. you start talking about something that's really wakes up the core part of you. Yeah. I've been wondering about that because you could have zero sleep and stay up for two days if you're oh, in yeah. that zone. Yeah. So what is that zone? I think know? it's just you're on the right track, you know, so your body, even if you are tired, is providing you with the energy because it doesn't want you to stop the kind of search that you're doing because it's what you need to be doing at that time. So I think it's got to be linked with survival, just like how you can get a burst of uh, adrenaline and lift a car off somebody. You know what I mean? You can stay up for two days if you're exhausted, if you're, you've hit some vein in thinking that needs to, that could be integral to your survival. Like, I think there's an obsession with being productive as well, instead of just like, I'm depressed, and I'm going to let myself to be, be depressed, and like, be, and I'm going to let myself do that because I know this time's going to pass. Like, it doesn't stay forever. And just being in it, instead of like, I got to get out of this because I'm supposed to be doing this other thing. It's like, no, you're maybe supposed to be depressed right now. And also just like, sometimes when you're pushing too hard for something, you know, like we were saying, if you're if you're on the right road, it's kind of like your body gives you this energy and then you're just off and you haven't even had to try. I really find that with creative things as well. It's like if it take if it's just not happening and it's taking you're having to pull all these favors and all these calls, it's like it's not don't just leave it. It should be a pretty easygoing thing. Even though I do think sometimes you got to pull things out and that process is hard, the actual time when you're going to make the object or the song or the whatever, it should be kind of, it should flow. It's just, 
Yeah, trying to affect the outcome too much. Trying to control something and strangle it. I mean, that's what you do. You just end up strangling it. But I, I guess where I get tripped up is when you kind of know that's what's that you're just not in flow and that's why you're tired and whatever. And you yeah. can't get in flow and you can't find it, but you know, it's there and you keep missing the mark. Like it's frustrating. You know? I think it's just like you're, you actually are always in flow. It's just like, if you've gotten in the way of yourself, of your flow, you know what I mean? Like, I think we have like our self can splinter off into lots of different ones. And like, you can literally like stand in front of yourself, like a dam and stop mm -hmm. the flow. It's always there. It's just like if you're, yeah, if you're corking it or not, basically. I don't think it comes and goes. I think it's always there. That is mm -hmm. better than this sort of like valve that gets shut off and you have to find it again. It's like it's, it's not a commodity. It's not yeah. like a thing. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. yeah. It, there's no scarcity with this kind of thing. You're from Chicago, right, originally? Yeah, yeah. Weirdly had this dream... Uh, and it was something like thinking of moving to Chicago or or going there and someone said, oh, no, because there's a dam above it. And when it breaks, the whole city will be flooded and all. And then uh, there was a visual of what looked almost like a fractal art piece of a mm. looking down at a city with like trees and buildings uh, and the water uh, in a maze like way coming and engulfing it. And it was real real strange <laughs> and i woke up real uh being like huh and then noticed you were from chicago and was yeah. like oh god i'm gonna share that with her in case in case there is a dam there but i realize it's on the lake so that's probably maybe well, there's a river right. that they probably control with locks somewhere down at some point of it but speaking I mean, of flow yeah i mean i just said the <laughs> word dam before you know <laughs> so, well, I, that sounds like, I mean, I'm having lots of water dreams as well. I think it's just, we know what's coming. Lots of water, <laughs> water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Heavy light. Isn't that the name of your last record? Yeah. There are many spiritual books that in some way or another speak about, you know, the weight being light. It's very evocative. It came from a, um, a Kafka aphorism, and I'll probably screw it up, but it's something along the lines of faith, like an axe, heavy but light. And um, I love always meditating on uh, these kind of dualisms, you know, how our world has set all of these things up, good, bad. You know, we that's kind of how we're male, female. This is like how we've decided to to do this. I think we must think it means balance or something. Um, but I initially was going to call the title the record 2020. And I'm so glad I didn't because it would have completely revealed I was a witch then. But also it just would have been to, you know, this year that that year, 2020, was a particularly good year for me, which is funny. Um, and an intense uh, year for a lot of people and for the world in general. 
And I wouldn't want to have had that album so nailed down by that title. And I changed it at the last minute, which is funny. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I went with something that was more, it feels to me more like a tool. Heavy mm-hmm. light feels, itself feels like a tool that could be used mm-hmm. um, in moments of distress or even moments of joy. Did you ever see that thing? I watched it recently that NASA films that's like this the the sun like ejecting the energy and it makes like this loop that's raining in on itself. It's one of the yeah. most beautiful things, but like so it's ejected this energy and mass, fire, whatever, and it's just doing this feedback loop of fire rain and the size of that loop is bigger than earth just the loop that it's being ejected off the and it's so i find that so comforting i love that kind of thing it just is like it's just an instant for me an instant relief where it's like okay right (laughs) like anything wrong i could do or some fear i have or anything like when i put it next to the size of the sun or even that sides of that loop it's just it disintegrates instantly okay so you spoke about duality and somehow that brought me to polarity and the polarizing nature of um the united states the world Mm -hmm. in many ways specifically between people Mm -hmm. and this sort of lost appreciation of our shared humanity Mm -hmm. right like this completely lost like the most critically similar thing about us is we all want to be happy and not suffer and our friends and family live and prosper and you know like eat and drink and have food yeah Yeah. it's all there is a absolute commonality that we share and yet that seems completely lost on everyone right now and it feels more acute to me and I'm just curious if you've noticed it and if you have any thoughts on it (laughs) I've I've obviously noticed that yeah I think it's existing I feel that it doesn't exist, though, when the majority of one's reality is not being created or mediated through a device. I really find that it kind of evaporates. It's just not there. You can't find it. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think there's different i think there's always been different layers of reality but i think even now particularly there are and there's one like there's the internet layer of reality that's also splintered into endless realities and so much of uh so much of us are that's where we're, we've chosen to live instead of kind of feet on the fl- on the ground grounded and um we're not you know, due to a lot to do with the pandemic, we're really not interacting with each other face to face. So we already weren't. Um, And now it's kind of been even more condensed. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to really believe that that's kind of the full, that, that, intense 
sided hatred attack dog shit that's going on right now, I don't think it's really real. I think it's like kind of like when a, a, a girl at school to you is like, this happened to me once. A girl at school to me uh, was like super mean to me, picking on me. We ended up getting in a fight. Okay. We got into a fist fight in school. It says, I'm a freshman. She's a sophomore. This, she just came out of nowhere to fight me. And if someone's, I mean, back then I was a fighter. So if someone threw a punch, I was ready to go. And it turned out then that she basically was trying to fight me to get me to help her. <laughs> you know, like in the end, it was like right. she needed someone to talk to. And I was like considered the dyke of I was the only punk in school. You know what I mean? Like I was this weird other so she knew I was kind of, I had something that I could help her. Somehow I could help her or she could trust me. And that was the only way she could kind of get to me was to start a fight with me. And then we had to go to peer mediation because that was part of that. We both got suspended, peer mediation. And then it comes out and then, you know, we became friends. So I think it's just people, sometimes that's just the only way we know how to, communicate when we're underneath such a backlog of shit and we're living within a system that's like so unnecessarily messy and cruel and I don't know I don't want to believe that it's really this polar there's such polarity I think a lot of us are just being lazy from your mouth to the universe, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. So you're a, mo a mother now, is that right? For the yeah. first time in your life. And not yeah, just one, one but two, right? Yeah, twin twins. How's that experience? Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so challenging and uh, very... Uh, it's I know what I'm doing every day, six a.m. to six p.m. Like this is I'm having a break right now. They're upstairs. Right. I can like hear their feet and they're, you know. So that's great to know every day what's going on. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Aww. and it feels good to kind of lose. You know, when I'm with them and we're just existing and being and doing things and crawling around on the floor and. What are we going to have to eat? How are we going to do this? Got to get out the door, get in the stroller, these things. I just kind of forget about myself mm. as a, you know, in this ego kind of way. Yeah. And I just am and I and they just are and we're just existing. And I'm lucky enough, my partner and I were together every day. This is what we do, six to six. We know what's up. And there's times where we don't like it and it's very frustrating and we miss like, being on the road or like having no responsibilities, but really at, uh, always at the end of the day, they're in bed, you know, they're asleep in, in their cribs in their room and we're talking about them in the other room. Even when we, we finally get our, our free time, it always comes back to them and they're really so much fun and they got shit way more figured out than we do. Are you going to take them on the road when you tour? Or is it, are you? Yeah. I think it would probably be, I mean, the best school that there is. Yeah, exactly. So. The, the College of Life. Um, yeah. 
Uh, what brings you the most joy? Oh, music, probably. Music and laughing with Max. Just like, you know, laughing till it hurts. And when I, when I have worked through something that's super intense and heavy and like, and it, it becomes, it, it changes its, uh, kind of costume and becomes something else or changes its weight, if you want to say, and becomes lighter. You know, I hadn't been talking to my mother for three years. And then at the start of the pandemic, you know, when shit goes down in the world, I don't know. My response is always, I want to call my mom. <laughs> like, got to make sure my mom's okay. And I called her and we kind of rebooted our relationship. And, you know, it's that's been that brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Something that I thought was immovable, that I just, right. you know, it changes and, and it's able to be moved and I can carry it around. And a lot of, I mean, a big part of that was me just facing my own shit. It's really rarely the other, the other, the other person, you know. I think it's, it, it's up to uh, how courageous we want to be and how much we want to forgive or forget and I know you're super involved in activism and I want to bring your launched artist Dottie on here in a second but I I thought I'd ask real quick if there's something right now that you're really uh, thinking about in terms of the world the bigger picture I haven't really been too involved in activism I think that my activism if I would use that word is Mostly I do a lot of reading and note-taking and thinking for myself. Um, uh, I mean, I'm thinking about the environment. I'm thinking that's mostly what I'm thinking about these days is just what's coming and noticing patterns, noticing events with the weather and it being very intense and thinking about things like with the supply chain stuff, just how far that's going to go. And um, that's kind of where my head is. Are you doom and gloom or do you try to silver lining things? I I mean, I think I'm just a mix of both, probably. I'm not looking forward to what's coming. I fully accept that I contributed and continue to contribute to it. I also just feel like, you know, we're one planet of... (laughs) endless planets and uh even when there's a lot of bad you know quote-unquote bad stuff going on there's always i don't know i mean i'm always laughing (laughs) i still find things to laugh about and yeah i i find this time to be alive very fascinating and i'm i want to try to keep that fascination going and i'm very curious to, just to see what happens. Well, shall we bring Dottie in and chat yes. art? So nice to meet you. I'm Rain. You're Rain. Nice to meet and you. And I and I love your work. Oh, thank you. I have to say I was I was intimidated about coming on the podcast when I, I saw you had interviewed David Lynch and I was like, who am I to trump a <laughs> yes david lynch i know right he's just top pretty much well i would love to know how you both know each other 
and how you came to know Dottie's work? Um, through Simone TB, mutual friend, a musician that I, I make music with and a person that I love and met JG in Guelph, I think, the first time. Is that true? Yeah. Or in Toronto. I think it might have been playing cards in Simone's attic. Oh, yeah. But I was quite young when Meg and I met for the first time and still <laughs> quite shy at the time. Um, but, yeah, I think it was between... You must have been playing a show at Double Double Inn. Yeah, yeah, and, probably. And then in Guelph, a few years later, I hosted mm-hmm. everyone in this large house where I was renting a room. And I was so rude. I just demanded that a party be thrown and, you know, made JG's roommates angry. (laughs) It was very fun, though. And then I like just being exposed to your work through seeing cutouts. So JG makes like these cutouts on wood that are painted and... I just was obsessed with those. And then the clothes came along and design work and zines and just everything. Like, I'm just the biggest fan. Oh, yeah, I'm so so flattered. I noticed from the photographs I saw um, that every detail in the photograph seems part of the artwork. Uh, whether it was the mirror, this is like a cracked mirror, but then you could see the reflection of a specific lamp and the way that the table was made of cinder block. And uh, it all to me looked like a, an art piece, the, the photograph itself. Do you kind of work that way where every, everything, the environment as well becomes part of what you're saying with your work? Yeah, um, a lot of the photographic work that I've done was with, uh, I have some very tight uh, friends and collaborators, uh, Umer and May, who take photos under the moniker Luna Codes in Toronto. Um, And so I think there's something about the immersive environment that I'm really drawn to, where, you know, because it's the visual inputs and how we alter space that I, I think... Um, I think really speaks to me and I'm, I'm really like a composition nerd. Yes. And so I think, because, you know, things can feel so out of sorts so much of the time that when everything is in the right place, there's like such a satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I love photographic work and I love, because I draw people so often, like it's like this obsession I have that I love when, with the textile and the fashion work, actually having a, a person there kind of mm-hmm. adds this dimension that I just love so much, like to have someone posing after I've been looking through old fashion magazines for weeks and, you know, drawing reference from them. I have an Instagram account and the name is Dottie.imax. So at Dottie.imax, for those of you listening, check out their work. It's I really like it. Like I'm going to be uh, following and 
possibly bugging you for a few things. <laughs> it's really special. And uh, Meg, U.S. girls, as mm-hmm. you're known, thank you for sharing your time and thank yes. your twins for giving giving us this half hour. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.